The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. Hey everybody, so it's time to get to it. Here's the thing. There's been a lot going on in the recent, since the last time we talked, that at least warrants a little attention. I'm not going to spend too much time focusing on the thing that got so much ridiculous media attention, detracting from things that should have been talked about, other than to say, yes, I couldn't have given a fuck less about the Oscars. The only reason I know what happened is because Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Whether you believe it was staged or not, whether you think it's a really sad sign of Will Smith's just being a complete fucking cuck, which, let's be honest, he, he is. Um, people are trying to justify it, saying, well, he was standing up for his wife. It was still a fucking assault. fact of the matter is, he assaulted somebody over words, which if you or I would have done it, we'd have wound up in jail. So, fuck him. He had literally probably millions of witnesses to him physically assaulting someone else over words. And regardless of how out of line those words might have been, anybody who's trying to stand up for him is doing it with, I don't want to say blinders, but with realistically, like I said, if you or I did that shit and punched a comedian over something they said about our significant other or even open-handed slapped, I'm a fan of open-handed slept. I have open-handed slapped people in the past when I felt they needed to be slapped. Was I right for doing that? In hindsight, no, I really wasn't. And, yeah, it was assault. That's the long and the short of it. That was also 20 years ago when I was young and fucking stupid. Will Smith is older than me, and he should fucking know better at this stage in his life. However, his, you know, just horrible wife has him so broken inside that I honestly think it was misplaced aggression, and he lashed out at somebody trying to feel like he was doing something because he was la- I've seen enough videos of this. He was laughing until he saw the look on Jada's face, and he needed to overcompensate to make up for the fact that he was laughing at something at her expense, and she wasn't fucking having it. And that's exactly what it was. It was overcompensation in an attempt to placate her or to earn her approval or whatever fucked up, broken thing he was thinking in his head. And realistically, I don't think she's worthy of it. The way she has treated him is, you know, people are, oh, well, they have an open marriage. Yeah, they have an open marriage because she said she wanted to fuck other guys and she was going to do it whether he liked it or not. That's basically after her public humiliation of him repeatedly and all the shit she talked about him, if it was me, it wouldn't have been an issue because I wouldn't have been there with the bitch in the first place. And that's realistically, that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't, it doesn't need to be talked about. I mean, Will's a cuck bitch, the end. Now, something that was a lot more significant that happened this past week that got almost no coverage, at least not in the mainstream sense of things, is Russia made a real significant move. Russia did something that that I've been saying the U.S. needed to do for a while now, but they won't do, and they attached the ruble to gold in an actual amount. It was like 5,000 rubles to one gram of gold, and that's... It's effectively going back to the gold standard. That's going to have all kinds of repercussions because they're recommitting their 
financial situation to a tangible physical asset. And contrary to what a lot of people seem to think, that's not how the U.S. dollar works anymore. That And people that are smarter than me will talk about this, I'm sure. That I, I'm pretty sure there are <laughs> going to be podcasts that are actually based on financial stuff instead of just the opinions of one idiot that will delve into this with much more detail than I can go into because I'm not a financial expert. I'm not somebody who knows the ins and outs and all the possible ramifications and repercussions of this action. I do, however, know that tying your currency to a physical, tangible asset makes a world of difference in terms of stability, in terms of the actual value of that currency. And, you know, so the Soviet Union is literally doing the polar opposite of what our genius leadership is talking about doing, where they're talking about going to a fully digital currency with no backing in the real world other than their authorization, which I've said in previous episodes, if you're behind that, you really, you you are not a smart person. That is not financially sound. Putting that much control, they've the government as it stands already has too much control in this country, and when they literally can determine whether or not you have access to your money because it only exists as a digital thing, they can take what they want, they can keep you from your money. How long is it going to be? And we've, over the last year, with the whole, even last couple of years with the whole COVID shit, we've basically seen how social media is in bed with the United States government. And how long is it going to be before they decide they're going to suspend access to your money because you made a post about something the government doesn't want you fucking saying? It's it's utterly ridiculous. It's stupid. It goes back to, like I said, we need to get off the government teat. We need to have the government be broken down into smaller functional sections instead of the just lumbering, shambling behemoth that it has become that is going to run this country into the fucking ground. It's in decline because, for some reason, stupid fucking people seem to think these senile morons and corrupt fuckheads that have made a living out of something that was never intended to be a career should be running the show and there's nothing we can do about it or even the people that are saying well vote for the right people and that'll fix the system no because the system's still fucking broke it's not made to be functional i honestly believe if voting made a fucking difference at this point we wouldn't be allowed to do it so there's so you got to take that into consideration and go out there, find the resources, look into better ways to deal with it. Look into ways to do better for yourself. Diversify your income sources. Get ready to be as independent as you possibly can because <laughs> this is ships the fucking Titanic. It's going down. It's just a question of when. It could be five years. It could be ten years. Who knows? I do know the implications of having a currency that is backed by physical assets, being gold. And then you add into that the fact that Russia is one of the largest providers of oil in the world, second or third largest provider of oil in the world, I think. Third. Third. And, um, you know, they're the part of the breadbasket of the European and Asian continents. And then Ukraine, who's also the rest of that breadbasket and all the ridiculous amounts of wheat and all this other stuff. Point being, they have a lot of natural resources that are going to be tied into this currency that has a tangible real-world value. And all they have to do is start saying, look, we're not accepting payments based on the U.S. dollar anymore. And that could do all kinds of shit to our currency here that 
you know, isn't already being done by inflation and our own government and the Fed, you know, making all of our money worthless, making our savings be worth less money pretty much literally every day at this point. I mean, the money I do have in the bank in, in, in savings because for a while it was just seemed like a more practical way to do things, even though the return on it wasn't great. You know, it it made sense for me to be putting money in the bank. I set it up to have a little money withheld out of every paycheck, just, you know, in case, you know, slush fund kind of stuff, in case something happens. Oh, shit fund, whatever you want to call it. And now I'm at the point where, realistically, with inflation being what it is, I'm actually losing money pretty much every day just by holding it in the bank. And so are all of you if you're sitting on anything in a savings account right now. The bank's not going to come out and tell you this. They're not going to tell you, hey, take away the money you're having our, uh, that we're spending on your behalf. Because that's the thing. It's not like they physically sit on the money. There's not physical bills in the bank that are your money. It's all electronic. It's all ones and zeros. And that money that's yours that the bank is saving for you, they're holding on to for you, they're making it work for them. That's how savings accounts work. That's how they offer you any kind of interest at all, even though these days the interest is nowhere near inflation. So... The longer that money sits in the bank, the less it's actually worth. That's kind of the point I'm trying to stress here. Your money is sitting in the bank working for them, being invested by the banks, you know, giving out loans, things like that, which they make money on using your capital to loan to other people at an interest rate that is not reflected by the amount they give to you, but the amount they use to pay their staff, the cost of doing business, and to pay off their shareholders with dividends. So... Realistically, by putting money in the bank and just hoping it does better for you, you're losing money. Go out. I'm not saying don't have fallback money, but take it out of the banks. Put it into something physical and tangible that may actually you know, appreciate in value. Go out and buy precious metals. Go out and buy... If, if you have the space and you want to do a little research... Look into storing things like grains and beans and dehydrated food and things like that. Because, honestly, I really believe the way things are going, that will become an asset sooner rather than later. The food chain interruptions and the things that are going wrong in this country and around the world, whether you, whether you want to go in the conspiracy theory territories and saying this was all planned and this was all engineered, or you want to say this is just a side effect of shit going on. Either way, it's still a very tangible and real thing. Shit is going on. The price of eggs has gone up. I don't know if you're like me. We eat a lot of eggs in my household. And the price of eggs has gone up something like 39 cents a dozen in less than a week. And people kind of, oh, it's only 39 cents a dozen. Well, yeah, but you got to... Look at this in a grander scheme of things. This is, say, 39 cents a dozen, and this is just a number I'm throwing out. It's actually probably gone up more between the time I'm saying this and the time you're hearing it. But there's also an egg shortage, and a lot of people may not realize that. Again, these are things that, unless it directly affects you or it's in your industry or things you're looking at, a lot of people don't know this shit because it's not getting reported on mainstream media. It's not getting anything more than cursory coverage on any of the news outlets. But there was a... Like two outbreaks of bird flu in very large industrial style farms that have chicken farms and a couple of couple different spots. 
and something like 170,000 chickens had to be destroyed at one farm and like half a million chickens at another farm or, you know, between multiple sites in the same company. I, I forget the exact reporting. It's not at the forefront of my mind because there's a lot of other stuff in there that's pushed out. But point being, there's been something like a half a million chickens destroyed to prevent the spread of this bird flu recently in these commercial farms. Now, that eliminates sources of eggs, sources which also means a reduction in the amount of viable chickens that can be processed for food. Those eggs that can go to bakeries to go into the shorted grain supplies to make shorted breads and pastries and things like that. You know, breading for your fried chicken tendies or whatever it is. I mean, depending on what any level of culinary anything from commercial shit to convenient shit to people that actually sit down and cook. We're all going to be feeling that pain at the at, at at the register at the checkout, and it's something to where people are saying, "Oh well, they're they're co- not coming back from the production slowdowns during COVID," and blah. And the thing about it is, that's really not accurate. That is, talking head points that are being put out there. That could be part of it that these industries did have to dial back on their production for a while due to due to the massive mismanagement of the the corona shit. But ultimately, at the end of the day. It shouldn't be causing this much trouble. These, this country, at once upon a time, we were actually independent. There, there was video a while back of farmers in the U.S. destroying their crops because it was more profitable for them to destroy their crops and get a payment from the government than it was to grow and sell their crops. So it's not like the production can't be handled. It's, it's been manipulated. It's been fucked with. And we're starting to see things now in the grocery. And I've been pretty fortunate, if I'm, you know, truth be told, I've been pretty fortunate in the fact that around me, yeah, there were things that were missing. There were things I would like to find that I couldn't find that were, but it was more a matter of inconvenience other than the idiots hoarding toilet paper back at the start of the COVID thing, which at this point, it's not hard to find paper products anymore. We're back to par on that, but and when the COVID first started and all of a sudden you couldn't find baking flour because every motherfucker that was staying home was learning how to make bread because they had nothing else to do with their days and all these other things where certain things were coming up in shortages just because of a sudden uptick in demand. And I had, in you know, in my personal store, I had 150 pounds of fucking flour because that's just how I do things. I, I was making bread and pretzels and shit before it was cool. But that's neither here nor there. The point was, yeah, the shelves were empty, and it was for a variety of reasons. But now they're still empty, and, you know, we're trying to get back to normal, and they're going to be, and they're basically telling us, yeah, this shit's going to keep happening because of all these other reasons. And it's a little ridiculous, and you need to find ways to insulate yourself against what is coming. And I'm not, I don't want to go down that road of where, doom and gloom and conspiracies and and prep, prep, prep. But realistically, it's not a bad idea. I, I can, I'm not an expert. I don't have a crystal ball. But I can see things going back to kind of Depression-era shit. I can see things getting kind of sideways. If you have a yard, if you don't live in an apartment, maybe it's time to start thinking about doing some container gardening. You know, I'm not saying till up your lawn and, and plant rows of grain and corn and all this other shit. But... It probably wouldn't be a bad idea to invest in some buckets or some horse troughs and, you know, watch a few YouTube videos, do some research, figure out what's going to grow in your area conveniently 
that's not going to be a massive thing. That you, and then figure out how to store it. Don't go out and panic buy 37 cases of ball jars so nobody else can buy canning shit when you don't know what you're doing yet. But, you know, a do- I'm just saying, a, a dozen pint jars is like 11 bucks. It doesn't hurt to have some shit put up so when you do start producing vegetables and things in your garden, you have ways to preserve them. Invest in a dehydrator. Invest in a vacuum sealer. Get a chest freezer so you can vacuum seal and shock and seal and vacuum and freeze your fucking vegetables so when the winter comes and there is nothing on the shelves at the store, you'll still have something to eat. When our inflation makes it where it's going to cost you $37 to buy a loaf of bread, you know, if you happen to have some grain that you put up or some flour that you put up, and I'm not going to go into the whole, again, this is, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm a guy with a lot of opinions, a decent set of brains between his ears, and the internet, just like everybody else. I look up things when I get ideas. Yeah, you can, there are ways where you can long-term package dried goods, beans, grains. They, the little silica packets that you find inside your packs of beef jerky, you can actually buy those. Did you know that? So if you're vacuum sealing dried shit, you throw one of those in there to help keep it from mildewing and molding. It's a beautiful thing. They have things that are basically oxygen depleters that you put in with dried grains, and then you seal them in Mylar bags and vacuum seal the shit out of those, and that stuff will last for years. And you can do that with grains. You can do that with rice. You can do that with beans. You can do that with flour. And the shit will keep until you need it. So having a little foresight and putting up some stuff, it's not a bad idea. It's it's not paranoia at this point it's looking at what's on the horizon and just being ready for it am i saying you got to go out and get 300 gallon drums to fill up with all this shit so when the world goes sideways you can you'll be all right well i mean if you want to i'm not going to tell you not to i'm not going to say i think that's a bad idea but on the other hand you can go to a hardware store get some food grade five gallon buckets for about four dollars a piece get the buckets get the lids Go online, order the oxygen depletion packets, sanitize your buckets, dry them thoroughly, fill them up with your dry grains, your dry beans, your your legumes, your, your flour. Throw one of those packets in there, vacuum seal the shit out of it, or put it in a Mylar bag and vacuum seal the shit out of that. If you don't want to go through all the sanitation and sterilization of the fucking buckets and you want to but still ensure you're getting a safe product, get the Mylar bags. Again, you can find them online. They're pretty reasonably priced, and they will make the food last for years if you do it right. I'm, I'm not going to go into a whole, this is not an educational segment. I'm not going to try and explain how to do it because, frankly, if I start to do it, and I'm not saying I'm not, and I'm not saying I am, I'm not endorsing panic buying or any of that shit, but, yeah, let's say hypothetically I've started buying a few extra cans every time I go to the grocery store, just just in case. And um, big, big news flash for you. I don't buy canned vegetables and shit like that very often that we're going to eat on a regular basis because, A, they're really high in sodium generally, and, B, I can do it myself. I ha- I'm one of those people, I hate the concept of paying for something else if I can do it myself. Now, granted, when it comes to things like canned vegetables and things like that, even if I'm growing the vegetables and canning my own grow- homegrown vegetables and all this other shit, Realistically, it's still cheaper just to buy the pre-canned stuff because the volume, 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 volume. 
But we could also get to the point where there's going to be a time where the shit, the shelves are going to be empty. It's going to be what kids that grew up in the 80s and 90s used to hear about as jokes talking about Russia. The stores are open, but there's nothing on the fucking shelves. And you can wait in line 15 hours to get a loaf of bread because you got in line because there was a line there. Or that meant they had something to sell. You didn't know what it was. You're taking your chances. Yeah, for us, it was a joke. But the sad fact of the matter is that was reality for millions of people. And I'm not saying I can read the tea leaves any better than anybody else, but I feel like that might be the reality sooner than we are comfortable with admitting here. So, yeah, when you go to the grocery store, you got a few extra bucks in your wallet, buy a few extra cans of something. Now, me personally, I don't like canned vegetables. I don't like mushy vegetables. I, that's why I say I prefer to freeze things or freeze dry things. Uh, I can't afford a freeze dryer yet, if I'm going to be honest. The residentially available ones are still like $2,000. Uh, I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to get somebody to donate me one or sponsorship me one or something like that. But unfortunately, I don't have any kind of social media clout in those kind of numbers. I'm not a TikTok prepper. I'm not, you know, Twitter famous. I don't have the clout to get one of these companies to give me one of their freeze dryers for free just so I will talk nice about them. I would love to have one. If anybody out there is feeling particularly generous and wants to be my wealthy secret benefactor and send me a freeze dryer, I would love you eternally and say all kinds of nice shit about you. Or, you know, stand mysteriously at your funeral and just nod and hang out in the back corner and smoke cigarettes and look all mysterious. Whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm derailing my own train of thought. So, so we're going to take a little break here. And uh, normally I would either stick in the, the anchor ad, but I've gotten to the point where I'm sick of that again. So I'm not going to run that for a little while. I mean, realistically, it's not worth the money. And to the, you know, 45, 50 people that listen to this show on a regular basis, yeah, you guys have heard that shit enough. Instead, I'm going to tell you about a website I think you should go check out. Uh, it's called HorribleDesigns.com. It's, uh, they have T-shirts, mugs, stickers, uh, and a bunch of other assorted merch with a bunch of different designs. Some of them are funny. Some of them make you think about stuff. Some of them have... If you're listening to me, you should really appreciate the skewed views on them. So, yeah, HorribleDesigns.com. I'm going to stick to the link in the show notes. Go check them out. So anyway, the last thing I want to talk about today, and then I'm going to wrap this one up, is the uh, governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has signed into law a bill that was passed in Florida that you may or may not have heard about. You probably have heard about it, and it's being called a lot of things by the mainstream media that are not accurate, like the don't say gay bill. Now, this bill that was signed into law by the Florida legislature and passed the legislature and was signed into law by the governor... It's available publicly online. You can download it. You can read it. It's not full of a bunch of stupid legal mumbo-jumbo and things like that. It's seven pages long. If you can't take the time to read seven pages, maybe you shouldn't be vocalizing your opinion on things. Now, literally nowhere in the bill does it say anything about don't say gay. Literally none of the language in the bill is coached in such a way as to say, there's anything wrong with being gay or trans or LGBTQ plus whatever and letters get added to it. I don't keep track of those things because I don't care about those things. I don't give a shit if you are trans or lesbian or bisexual or gay or any of the other things there. I don't care about that. That does not affect my opinion of you one tiny iota. You're either a good person or you're a piece of shit. My classification system is completely binary apparently because that's how I see it. You're either a good person or you suck. 
who you love, what you're into, all this other shit. I don't fucking care about it. I've said it so many times, but just to reiterate, none of that shit matters. It really doesn't. If you get caught up on that shit, you need to give yourself and your life a great big think. And I'm saying that from the perspective of if you have a problem with any of those people based on those things, you're probably a piece of shit and you probably kind of suck. Now, conversely, if your entire identity is tied up in those things, I'm not going to say you automatically suck because it's not necessarily the case that you suck, but you may want to kind of reevaluate your your life's chance. Not not saying there's anything wrong with, you know, the the attraction part of things or any of that stuff. But what I'm saying is maybe you need something a little more significant to be the core around which your character is built. That that other shit sh- should not be your defining trait, your defining characteristic. It should just be a matter of fact. It should just be something that you just look at and go, yep, that's just the way it is, and move on with your fucking life. Instead of trying to make that everything about you is tied up in that one little facet. That would be like me being some ultra-heteronormative dickhead who feels the need to constantly go around ranting about how great it is to be straight and how much I love chasing around women and all this other horseshit. And that shit's just, it's just as disgusting, regardless of who's fucking doing it. It's, it's obnoxious fucking behavior. It's not okay. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe it's, say you're an awesome painter. Make that your core character trait. And who gives a shit who you're in love with or who you're married to or how, how you, the rest of your life is going. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be acknowledged and it's not, I'm not saying it's invalid. What I'm saying is when you put all the focus on that, it just kind of comes off like the rest of your life might be kind of, you know, insubstantial and lacking. And that's, that's just really sad. I think anybody who's focused on shit that should be petty and insignificant is really missing out on the grander scheme of things. And that goes out to all you ultra hetero motherfuckers too. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Focus on yourself and find something awesome to build your identity around instead of just like being this, you know, knuckle dragging alpha motherfucker who's like, eh, boobies good. Love to chase the badge. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fuck yourself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with loving the badge and all this other shit, but <laughs> it shouldn't be the defining characteristic of who you are. Be a decent fucking human being. Now, getting back to being a decent fucking human being, that brings us back to the the bill that has been passed in Florida. Like I said, I I did take the time to give it a pretty thorough perusing, and it does not specifically state anything about don't say gay or anything saying you can't specifically go out and talk to these kids and tell them that this is how things work, and I can't... I've seen so many ridiculous overreactions that are being pushed by the mainstream media and when you do a little digging, it more or less turns out to be like a couple of teachers have said that they have a problem with this and they, they feel attacked and personally they can't teach anymore because it's just too much knowing that their lifestyle has been invalidated by the government. Well, the problem with that is it hasn't because the way the wording in the bill is written, it doesn't just say you can't talk to can pre-K through third graders about gay sex or bisex or trans sex or anything. It says you can't talk about pre-K through third graders about sex, period. That's not a conversation that is realistically meant to be had between teachers and students. 
that is not a conversation that is meant to be had between anyone other than parents and their children. It's not saying you can't acknowledge that you have a partner or that you have a spouse or that you're, even if you want to say my wife and you happen to be a female, or if you want to say my husband and you happen to be a male, or you want to say my significant other or my partner or any, it doesn't say anything about you can't have a personal life. It doesn't say anything about you can't, you know, say I had a nice weekend with my partner or whatever, whatever particular phraseology you want without going into explicit detail. It doesn't say kids can't have two mommies or two daddies doesn't say any of that shit. What it says is you don't need to be talking about genitals, sex, any of that shit with children. And not even with all children, but with children in third grade and younger. Kids that are in single digits of age. You don't need to be having those conversations with them. You need to be sticking to a fucking curriculum of reading, writing, math. Maybe try and churn out some, instead of churning out little drones, teaching kids how to think again. I know that's a novel fucking concept, but if you feel like your lifestyle is personally invalidated or you are being personally attacked because they don't want you talking to single digit age children about fucking, I generally am not one to judge, but you're a sick fuck. I mean, you may be edging into chip wood chipper territory there. I mean, you know, Aaron tends to be a pretty accepting and forgiving person with a couple of minor uh, exceptions, those being sexual assault and pedophilia. Those are not okay. There's no justifying those behaviors. I really can't stress this enough. If you feel like you are being invalidated because you cannot talk to somebody under the age of 10 about how fucking works, I don't care if you're gay, straight, Bi, queer, I don't care if you get your rocks off by fucking being beaten by a salami while you're wearing a leather gimp suit. None of that shit needs to be told to a child, particularly a child in those developmental years. It's cut and dry. It's not a matter that's up for debate. You shouldn't be talking to them about straight sex. You shouldn't be talking to them about great gay sex. You shouldn't be talking to children of that age range about any sex at all whatsoever. It does not invalidate you as a person. That does not tell you your lifestyle is wrong. What it says is don't talk to children about fucking. The end. And there's all this other blowback. People are saying, oh, well, you know, Disney's being threatened if they keep pushing their woke agenda. Well, Disney's going to fuck around and find out that the government in Florida is not really concerned about them. Disney has pretty much to this point been given status of a self-governing agency. They're going to fuck around. Florida's going to say, you know what? You're done. Now you are subject to the laws of our state, and you're going to have to deal with it. And Disney is doing a lot of woke signaling in the U.S., but they still have streaming services and export deals with China and the Middle East and a lot of countries that are a lot harder on LGBTQ plus people than saying you can't talk about it with kids. These are the people that are talking about, oh, hey, you're a guy and you have a boyfriend? Come over here. We're going to throw rocks at you until you fucking die horribly from internal bleeding and hemorrhaging. And it's not a quick and, and merciful death. It's a slow, torturous way to fucking go. Oh, you're a girl and you're born in one of these countries? Here, we're going we're, we're gonna to cut your clitoris off and make sure you don't ever actually enjoy sex. So that way you will only fuck for procreation. So you will only have straight, boring sex. So before you start bitching too much about Florida saying you can't talk to, uh, to kids about your sex life, maybe just kind of reassess where your standards go. Before you start p 
praising Disney for how fucking woke they are. Maybe take a step back and look at how woke they really aren't. It's They're not woke. Disney is some of the most just proficient horrors on the planet. And they own fucking everything. But since I don't have any real aspirations of this show ever taking off, I'm perfectly comfortable saying that, yeah, Disney's going to do what they need to do to keep their bottom line met. They edit movies before they go to China. They edit movies before they go to the Middle East. Certain properties and certain lines don't get shipped, but everything else still does, despite the fact that by American standards, these countries have morally reprehensible stances on social issues and have draconian and archaic thought processes when it comes to the vast majority of everything that these people are bent out of shape about and screaming for their rights and their... I mean, it's one of the things I really kind of resent about a lot of people in this country. One of the things that really pisses me off, and one of the things that kind of drove me to thinking about this show in the first place, you live in the freest country in the world where you can have and be and do pretty much whatever you like as long as you're not directly causing harm to another person. And you will be, with the exception of taxed way beyond what you should be, more or less left the fuck alone. Yeah, there's going to be people out there that don't agree with your lifestyle, or there's going to be people out there that don't agree with your choices. I mean, I'm pretty much as center of the road as you can get on a lot of things, and there are people out there that don't agree with my lifestyle and my choices. And you know what? I don't fucking care. They don't sign my paycheck. They don't have any direct impact in my life. So they're more than welcome to hate me all they want. I'm not giving them that much of me to hate them back. They don't matter to me. And I'm a lot happier for it. But the problem is, in this country, I mean, and I think this will be changing sooner rather than later, just going back on the whole economics things, but we have, like, generations of people that have grown up without any real fucking problems in the world. And those are the ones that are making all the fucking racket and raising this fucking din about all this other bullshit. And I hate to sound like this old fart. Well, I actually, I don't hate it. I like being the old fart. I can't wait till I'm old enough to be the get-off-my-lawn guy, but a lot of the things that I hear are coming from young people that have never had any real strife or conflict in their lives, because you don't hear a lot of this shit and bitching about all these other just insignificant matters blown way out of proportion coming out of, like, you know, the ghettos and the projects and the poor neighborhoods and the poor towns. You know, I mean, you don't hear a lot of people in Flint, Michigan, bitching about, you know, Disney's don't say gay bill support and all this other shit because they have real fucking problems. They have actual things to worry about, and it kind of keeps them occupied, you know. And I think there's a real chance that we're going to be there where a lot of these people that are stomping around bitching about how terrible the system is and how unfairly people are being treated when they're not getting handouts because there's no food left and the people who they've spent all this time telling how awful they were and how closed-minded they were are the ones that do actually have some something to show for it and they're not going to share with them and they're going to bitch and whine about how unfair it is, but they're also going to find out real fast that that doesn't fucking matter. That's why the rest of the world looks at us like we're fucking nuts and looks at the vocal dissenting assholes and just goes, what is wrong with you? Why are you making such a big deal out of something that shouldn't be a big deal? Why are you raising a stink when you are already so free? 
how much of the world looks at us and just goes, I don't know how these people can be unhappy when they have more opportunity than anyone else in the world. So I guess that's just some food for thought, and we're a little over a half hour, so we're going to wrap it up, and that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you liked what you heard, leave a review, give us a follow, give me some feedback. And if you didn't like what you heard, leave a review, give me a follow, give me some feedback. I'll try and fix it. Check us out on all the social media platforms at I Had to Say It podcast is the trigger for all that stuff for the search term. And if you want, check out the website, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to people that have been involved with the program things i've talked about there are some links available for some merch that we're working on and there are ways to contact us there as well and thanks for listening and i look forward to talking to you again soon